going to be reading in Matthew 8 today, uh, starting in verse 23. It says, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and they woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and they asked, what kind of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. I thank you for your word, and I just pray, Lord, that as we open it up, that you would teach us. God, I pray for any person that walked in this morning, and they are weighed down by the worries, the anxieties of life. God, would you just breathe life into them today? God, I pray for uh, just your word to come alive for them, that they would walk out refreshed and challenged and willing and ready to change. God, I pray today that you would open our hearts, open our eyes, and open our ears to receive your word. God, would you speak through me today? In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, as you find a seat, tell somebody hello and good morning. We're about to dive into the word. Awesome. We're going to dive straight in this morning. I want to start by asking you guys a question. Um, By the showing of hands... Who in here likes storms? Okay, everybody else is judging y'all, all all right? Um, You like storms, y'all like lightning, and y'all like thunder, and tornadoes, and all that stuff. Who in here despises storms? You're like, not me, not today, okay? And uh, if you're anything like me, you hear tornado sirens, and you're like, oh, Lord, okay? Uh, Please help. I'm kind of like right in the middle. I like rain, but not too much rain. Anybody with me? Uh, I like thunder, but not too much thunder, and uh, when it starts lightning, I'm like, no, no thank you, okay? And when I hear tornado sirens, I'm just like, man, I, I'm not sure, and the reason I'm a little timid about tornadoes is uh, where I grew up, um, our house was off of a road that was known as Tornado Alley. It was in between Jacksonville and Lone Oak, and um, did anybody live close to where tornadoes just happen all the time? And it's just kind of eerie, you know, and we didn't have a, or a tornado shelter. We had a bathtub, and so, uh, you know, you probably got in a bathtub at some point in your life during a tornado, and um, you had a pillow, and you had a, uh, a like, shower curtain that was dividing you from death, okay? And uh, I'm just telling you, man, I, I've never gotten a bathtub and, and felt like my life is safe here, okay? I, I just have never felt that way. And we, we grew up, there would be a lot of tornadoes, and thankfully, we never experienced one uh, in our home. And as I wrote this message, we're going to talk about storms in our life today. And uh, as I started unpacking all of this, I started thinking about all the businesses and all of the people who have made a living and made a fortune based off other people's fears. Okay, I just want to give you a couple of them. Who in here owns a weighted blanket? Okay, you can be honest. I got one. Okay, and I love it. I'm, I'm, it's like a Snuggie for adults. Um, it is a billion-dollar industry that was created to help people sleep and feel secure. 
and reduce cortisol levels and stimulate serotonin and increase melatonin. And, um, and, and they're great. They help you sleep. I also use them to trap my children when they're being disobedient. Okay, we have got a really heavy one. And uh, there's another industry that was created based off of fears, uh, and it was chewing gum. Okay, do y'all know why chewing gum was created? It was created for people who had a fear of bad breath. I did a whole, I went down a rabbit trail this week. I researched Listerine. Just go down that rabbit trail some other time. I I encourage you to. It's crazy. This is a $30 billion industry based off of people's fears that they don't want to have bad breath. And then you got doomsday preppers. Do we have any doomsday preppers here? Okay, we got a couple. Y'all store food away. Y'all got bags of stuff you ain't never going to use. Okay, it's, it's in there rotting away as we speak. This industry in the last four years has gone from a $75 million industry or billion dollar industry to a $400 billion industry. And I would say that over the last couple years, I don't blame them, okay? Like, people freaking out, and things are getting crazy. The last one is, there is a company that created small plates. Do you know why small plates were created? It's the fear of obesity. And small plates, the whole premise behind it, the psychology behind it, is if I have a small plate, I'm going to eat less. Have y'all heard this, right? My understanding of a small plate is I'm going to go back for seconds. I don't know about y'all, but that's just how I see it. But the reality is everyone in this room, y'all look around the room, look at each other. Everyone here today has a fear in their life. There is something that you are afraid of. It may be heights, it may be claustrophobia, it may be a spider or a snake, or the very thing I'm doing today, which is public speaking. A lot of people are terrified of standing in front of other human beings and talking, right? And everyone in their life struggles with the fear of at the unknown. At some point in your life, you've thought about what could happen. What may happen? What if? And there's all of these things that we unpack when we start worrying about the future. I noticed when I read this text this week that the disciples had misplaced fear. And, and I've realized that when you misplace fear and you have misplaced fear in your life, really bad things can kind of happen. And what I mean by that is that these disciples had more fear in the storm than they had trust in Jesus. They had more fear in what could happen than they had faith in what God had already spoken that would happen. And so if you're taking some notes, I want you to write this down. The title of today's message and direction we're going to go is Misplaced Fear. Misplaced Fear. The only thing worse than being scared is finding out at the end of all of it that you were scared of all the wrong things the whole time. I want to set the stage for what's happening in the text that we're going to read today. And we're going to kind of jump out of Matthew. It's the same story as we're in the series of Matthew, but it's written by a guy named Mark. In Mark chapter 4, if you would open your Bibles up, it's going to be on the screens behind me. Mark 4, 35, it says this. That day, when evening came, so it was dark outside, getting dark, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. I'm, uh, he, and I'm going to come back to this here in a second on why this is important. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was, circle that, in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. Jesus, the reason he was just as he was, the reason it was written that way is Jesus was tired. 
He had a full day of ministry. He just did a bunch of miracles, healed these people with leprosy. He had taught about the parable of the sower, which is what we talked about last week, the lamp on the stand, the mustard seed, all this uh, famous teaching. Jesus was tired. And so he gets into the boat. This is where the story kind of picks up. He falls asleep, and a massive storm erupts at sea. I personally believe, just to set all of this up today, that the way that we handle, the way that we articulate, and the way that we practice the Word of God means everything. Amen? The way we apply the Word of God to our life, it means everything. This is our foundation in which we build from. Now, I also believe that the way that we respond to adversity reveals our level of faith and trust in Jesus. I don't know about you, but I can say that for me, I learn way more about God and way more about myself when I'm in the valley. Anybody else? When I'm in the mountaintop, when things are just peachy and things are just going great, it's good. But I'm less likely to just really cling to the Lord as if I'm in the valley. When things are, are hard, when there's a storm and when there's trials, when there's adversity, it seems that we cling a little bit more to the Lord. Full trust in Jesus is when I can take him at his word, when I can trust him to look beyond the storm and learn as he leads me to where he wants to take me. I, I want to set this up right today. The same wind that comes against one boat and sinks it is the same wind that helps another boat get to where it's supposed to go. It's all about perspective. And so just to set this thing up this morning, in your life, I came to really encourage you today, storms are inevitable, okay? There are going to be storms in this life. My question is, how are you going to weather the storm? Storms will come. As a believer, we're promised there will be adversity, but how are you going to weather the storm in your life? You may have heard this. It's kind of cliche. But you are either going into a storm, you are currently in a storm, or you just came out of a storm, and storms will happen in the life of the believer. There's three storms that happen in this text, and I want to unpack them. They all build upon each other. The first storm that happens in this text is a circumstantial storm. You can write that down. Number one, a circumstantial storm. What does that mean? That means that these disciples and Jesus, there is a circumstance at hand, and it is an actual physical storm. Now, I'm going to refer to metaphorical storms uh, as we go through this this morning, but there's a circumstantial storm at hand. And I started thinking about this as I was preparing the message, and I was like, man, have I gone through any storms in my life, like at sea? And only one came to mind. Actually, two did, but the other one was less interesting. And uh, we were deep sea fishing, and we all got sick. It wasn't really interesting. But I, I just want to be real with y'all this morning. Is that okay? Can I just be honest? Uh, and I'm, we're family now, so I could just be me. We, we're going on a cruise. Anybody been on a, a cruise before? So you know you go in the little glass tube that leads up to the boat. When you're in the glass tube, it's usually hot outside, and you're packed in there with all these people. It stinks. People sweating. You're like, I just want to get to my room, eat some food, drink some water. 
Air cannot enter this tube, nor can it exit, okay? Some of them are fancy. They got a little AC unit blowing in there, but it's just a little stuffy. And what you need to know is as we were going on to this cruise ship, my whole family, my stomach was really hurting the night before. And so I, I found this, this laxative. It was called Ducalax, okay? Um, actually, I think it's Dulcalax, but just for the sake of the story, Ducalax. Um, it makes sense today. And I misread the label, and instead of taking two, I took six. Yeah, trust me, it was a big O, okay? And uh, we're standing there, and I'm like, you know, all these people are around. Keep in mind, air can't leave or enter the space. And, uh, and I trusted a fart. I did say fart. Yeah, I did. And, um, and I, I was in a really uncomfortable place, you know, and just used your imagination. Well, two hours later, and it was so funny, people were separated in there. I was blaming it on my mom and my brother. I'm like, y'all are sick. You know, y'all need to, get, y'all need to grow. <laughs> and, uh, and some people are judging me right now. It's okay. There's lots of churches. But um, <laughs> I, I was in this tube, and it's like, I don't know what to do. And so, I, you know, I, we go in, and two hours later, we're getting ready for dinner. And if you've been on a cruise, you know that you aren't going to get your luggage for several hours after you get on the boat. You, you're kind of stuck in what you're wearing, which was really bad for me because I took six Ducalaxes. And, uh, and my mom comes up and she said, babe, I, I still smell that smell from earlier. And uh, so that's the closest I can relate to the disciples and being at a storm at sea. That was a, quite, quite the eruption. So there's two storms. All right, just making sure you all are with me. There's two storms, write these down. You enter into storms in two different ways. One way that you enter into a storm is bad decisions. There are some storms that happen in your life just based purely off of bad decisions. This is what I call hashtag hashtag following your own will, okay? And this is a bad way to live. These storms are self-inflicted. They are brought upon yourself by yourself. A biblical example of this would be a guy named Jonah. Maybe you've heard about Jonah in the well. Jonah was disobedient. He was supposed to go preach at Nineveh, and instead he fled to Tarshish. He got on a boat. He went the opposite direction that God told him to. A storm arose based off of his sin and rebellion to God. So that's one type of storm. That comes from bad decisions. Number two, there's a storm that happens from good decisions. Now, somebody's like, wait, you're telling me if I make bad decisions, there's a storm? If I make good decisions, there's a storm? Absolutely. But the good decision storm, based off God's will for your life, will always bear fruit in your life. It will always bear fruit. This is based off of pursuing the Lord. Jesus says there will be storms, there will be trials, there will be hardships, but I'm with you in the storm. And the biblical example for this is the very text that we're reading in Mark. The disciples were obedient. They got in the boat. Jesus said, we are going to go to the other side. And what happens? He falls asleep. A storm arises on the sea. So you can be right in the center of God's will and also right in the center of a storm in your life. Is everybody tracking with me so far? In order to understand the security that you find in Jesus Christ as your anchor, you, sometimes we have to feel the stress of the wind, the weariness of the waves, the shaking of the storm. And I would like to say that a faith that has not been tested is no faith at all. If your faith has not been put to the test, then you just kind of believe something. But when your faith is tested... If you've been following Jesus for any amount of time, you know when your faith is tested, you start to have a different reliance and understanding of who God is. Would y'all agree? 
So your, your faith gets tested. The storm comes up. Mark 4.35, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. He makes a promise here. He says, us. He didn't say, I'm going to go to the other side. Y'all about to get swallowed up in the storm. He, he didn't say the boat's going to fall apart. He said, we're going to get to the other side. I'm just not giving all the details of how it's going to unpack. Some of you in this room, maybe the Lord has spoke something to you about where you will go or what you will do or, or whatever it may be. And you're upset because it didn't happen the way you thought it would. Can I tell you that as long as Jesus is in the boat, you can weather the storm. You can endure the hardship. Jesus is with them right in the middle of obedience. Their faith gets tested. I think that there's people here this morning, including myself, that you're in the middle of some type of storm, some type of circumstance to where your faith is being tested. This entire passage is not even about the storm. I just want to make sure we focus on the right thing. The passage today is about the one who's in the boat, and he just so happens to be asleep. Psalm 62 tells us that for God alone, my soul wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He, he only is my rock and my salvation and my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Hebrews 6, it says, because it is impossible to, for God to lie. That's a great thing to remember. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to this hope that lies before us. Verse 19 is very important. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. I want to ask you this morning, is Jesus the anchor for your soul? Is Jesus the anchor for your soul? I'll say it this way. There would be no need for an anchor in living for God if you weren't going to face a storm. There would be no need for a Savior if we didn't need to be saved. But how many of you want to know we need to be saved? He is our anchor in our refuge. The storms will come. Adversity will come. Stress will come. I really came to encourage y'all this morning. Circumstances will come. Hardship will come. Breakups, crisis, failure, losing jobs. Losing friends, losing family members, losing money, getting sick. Our faith will be tested, but here's the question. How are we going to respond? How are we going to respond when things go a different way than we thought they should have gone? In this life, you, you will face trouble, but Jesus says, take heart because I've overcome the world. So we've kind of set this up. We've got a circumstantial storm at hand. The next thing you need to know, which is storm number two in the text, is there's an emotional storm. So when circumstance happens, we have a decision to make. Am I going to be led by my emotions and feelings, or am I going to be led by my faith? Do my emotions and feelings take the driver's seat, or does my faith take the driver's seat? Which one is in control? Feelings are naturally going to come because we are human. But we do not live by our feelings. We live according to the word as believers. And I would be, wet, I would be willing to say and bet today that y'all are facing type, some type of adversity. There's something going on to where you need to cling to the Lord today. And, and although all of your situations may be different, the storms happen. As a believer, how are you going to weather 
the storm. Mark 4.38, it says Jesus was in the stern. He was beneath the surface, sleeping on a cushion, which I thought was really funny that Mark put that in there. Um, he, it was like he was trying to tell us, yeah, he's really comfortable down there. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Y'all see what ha- what's happening here? Their emotions take the front seat. Don't you care that we drown? Some texts say it this way. Don't you care that we're perishing, that we're about to die? And, and I want to note that these men, they were seasoned fishermen. So for them to be scared of the weather meant it was a pretty bad storm. Adversity strikes, a circumstance happens, and this is what happens. We normally have an emotional response, an, or an emotional reaction instead of a faith-filled response. We naturally respond due to our emotions and, and not what we know is true. We're led by our feelings, and it's almost like our faith takes a back seat. I want to ask you today, when adversity comes, when a circumstance comes in your life, are you more likely to be led by your feelings, or are you more likely to be led by your faith? But here's the thing is that our feelings, maybe you'll agree with me, most of the time they feel real. Would y'all agree? It's because they are real, but it doesn't mean that they're true. So I have a choice to make. A circumstance is going to happen. We're promised as a believer circumstances will happen, but how I respond means everything. Your choices in life should not follow your feelings. Your feelings should follow your choices. I'm going to say it again. I I think this is going to help somebody. Your choices in life should not follow your feelings. Your feelings should follow your choices. Feelings will change after you choose and you change your choices consistently. Well, I I meet a lot of people, they're like, well, well, I, I feel this way, I must do this. That's normally how I fall into sin in my life. Well, I feel this is right. Did y'all know I'm a sinful person? I better be careful, trust in my emotions and my feelings, and I would just be willing to say, maybe you should too. Don't be led by feelings. It's either fear or it's faith. And when you misplace fear, you'll start trusting in yourself and not the Lord. One is an emotional response. One is an eternal response. Y'all remember my song I sang to y'all last week? Right? Don't listen to your heart. I'm not going to sing it again. Maybe I will. Alright? That's all I got. I don't remember the words. Right? Don't listen to your heart. We, we unpacked it last week. Your heart is deceitful. Your feelings will lie to you. Your emotions will lie to you. God's word never changes. It stays the same. You can trust in it. It says, teacher, don't you care if we die? And this is what Jesus did. I love this. Verse 39, he got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. I just want to go down this road today. Imagine in your life, if every time adversity strikes, if every time something didn't go like you thought it would, if every time you were in the presence of a storm, if you started attacking that thing with scripture, if you started not just having the Bible as words on pages, but if you had the Bible as words written upon the heart of the believer, and he said, I feel this way, but I know what's true. I, I want to give you some examples. Some of you, you think that you've messed up too much. You're defined by your mistakes. Romans 8 says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Stop defining yourself by everything that you used to do. Nobody's looking at it but you. 
Some of you, you're in the fight for your life this morning. You think you're alone and you can no longer be used by God. James says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This is Bible, attack the storm. 1 John 4, 4, it says this, Greater is he that, who is in me than he who is in the world. The Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. This morning, I, I had this overwhelming anxiety. I couldn't explain it. I don't know what it was. But I literally, I told first service, I hid in my office this morning. I'm just confessing to y'all. Normally, I'm out, you know, being bubbly, talking to people, all that stuff. Man, I was scared this morning. I don't, know, I don't even know how to explain it. I went in my office. I sat down, and I started texting some of my pastors and my mentors, and I was asking for prayer. I'm trying to read the Word. I'm supposed to preach this morning, and I'm so overwhelmed by anxiety, I can't even get up out of the chair. I, I think there's some people in this room this morning, and you're in the same place that your thoughts and your emotions and anxiousness, this is what you need to do. The Bible says, think about this, things that are true and noble and right and pure, lovely, whatever is admirable, think about these things. If you're scared or fearful, do not be afraid or discouraged because of the enemy, for the battle is not yours, but God's. This is the reality, my son um, he was really scared when we transitioned him to his big boy bed. And uh, all of you were scared at one point transitioning to your big girl or big boy bed too. And Zane was just, he was terrified. And, and so the only thing I could think of to help him was I'm going to start doing what we do in adult life, which is when I come against adversity, I'm going to quote scripture. I'm going I'm to speak the word of God. So this is what we taught my son. Zane would get, I'd tuck him down, I told y'all about our little bedtime routine, I'd get him, you know, ready for bed, and then I'd give him a kiss, and then he gives me a kiss, and then, and then he's like, tell me a story, read me a book, and he's really, he's just trying not to go to sleep, okay, but he would get scared because we wouldn't be in his room, and he no longer has boundaries on his bed. And so we memorized scripture, and I would say part of it, and then he would repeat it. I would say part of it, and then he would repeat it, right? Y'all seen this? I, I would say, be strong, and he would say, be strong. Be courageous. Be courageous. It's the sweetest thing in the world. And I would say, and do not fear. And he would say, do not fear. He can't say fear. He says beer. He said, do not beer. And I'm like, that's right, son. And, <laughs> and then I say, why? Because Jesus has overcome the world. You have no reason to be afraid. You have no reason to be scared. And then I would point up at the ceiling. We've got a little camera. We, we watch him because he's very mischievous. And I say, you see that camera? Don't get your butt out of bed. Like, I'll be like, you stay right here. I wouldn't say that. I would say, you see that camera? Daddy's watching you. Daddy's watching you. Nothing's going to happen to you. And then he would say, tell me the mosquito story. I made up this mosquito story. <laughs> he will not be quiet about it. Tell me the mosquito story. And this is what you need to know is that you have a father that's watching Jesus. You have a, fa a heavenly father that loves you. He's proud of you. He's got a plan for your life. Can I tell you? If he can silence the wind and the waves, he could probably silence the storm in your life too. But we discredit it. It's like we just completely disregard it. God, we have to trust in Jesus. And what I've realized is whether Jesus calms the storm in my life or he calms the storm inside me, like this morning, God's grace and his love is the same. He is not moving. So I'm, I'm not just speaking from something that happened years ago. This was this morning. Everything seemed so real because it was, but it wasn't true. 
Some of you are dealing with some stuff right now, even as I'm speaking, and it is so real. It just seems like it's so real. Can I tell you, it may be real, but it's probably not true. Some of you are in a storm this morning, and maybe you put yourself in that storm. Can I tell you to go the other way? Some of you are in a storm due to obedience to God. Can I encourage you to to plant your feet on the ground? To to ask the Lord, what do you want me to get from this? I don't want to just get out of this. Because we know that a circumstance is going to happen. They happen all the time. But the way that we respond to that circumstance means everything. Are we going to be led by our emotions? Are we going to be led by faith? The third storm that happens in this text, the storm happens on the sea. the, The disciples start freaking out. They go down to the bottom of the boat. They get Jesus, and their feelings take over. And then they begin to question the authority of God. The third storm is a theological storm. I see this more now with my demographic, my generation, and generation below me, more now than ever before. A storm happens, feelings occur, and those feelings feel real, so they must be real. And now I don't trust that God is who he says that he is. I don't know what book some people are reading, but I know that storms will come. Jesus himself promised that storms will come. My responsibility is how am I going to respond? How am I going to weather the storm? Theology is the study of the nature of God. A theological storm is when you doubt and you don't trust, you lose faith, and you follow a lie as if it is the very truth you once believed in. A theological storm. It's when you begin to doubt the very nature of God. Just because a problem has arose doesn't mean that God's promises have been voided. What God spoke to you is still there, but so often we get blinded by the thing at hand. The storm that's right in front of us. Can we look through the storm today? It says in verse 38 that Jesus was in the bottom of the boat, the stern, and he was sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and they said to him, teacher, don't you care? Has anybody ever done this with God? Do you not care? Do you not see what's happening? And this is what he said, we're going to drown, we're going to die. And then he got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet and be still And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid, and why do you you still have no faith? I want to encourage you this morning, and I want to be honest. If I was on that boat, I would be like, Jesus, I'm afraid because we are about to die. Anybody else? Like, Jesus, it's very clear why we are afraid. The boat is underwater. You would know you're on a pillow. You know, like... This is what I use my imagination sometimes when I read, which is very dangerous sometimes, but for this time it works. This is what I think. As a parent, I know my kids, when they're being bad, sometimes I'll just fake like I'm sleeping. I'll do it. it y'all have done it. I know you have. I did, don't tell Kendra. She's a servant with the kids right now. But there were times when Zane was born, <laughs> I feel so bad, that Zane would start crying and I would be, I would, I would be awake. I'd be on my phone. You know, looking at Instagram, watching YouTube videos, like dogs falling and stuff. And then I, he would cry and be like, like, just roll over, act like I was like, like oh, you know, y'all done it. Don't be judging me, all right? This is my perspective. What if Jesus wasn't really sleeping? Like, I just, I was thinking, like, what if he was just seeing how the disciples re- would respond to some adversity? I want y'all to remember 
they just got out of church. The disciples in Jesus just got done seeing miracles. Jesus was teaching all of these people. He was tired and he went to sleep and the disciples had one moment of adversity. They freaked out. They were led by their emotions and they started to question, is God really who he says that he is? A theological storm can lead to a really bad place. Even in the midst of the storm, you need to know that in Jesus, you can find rest for your soul. That Jesus wants to be your anchor. He wants to be your refuge, your shelter, a strong place, a tower that you can run to. I want to ask you today, just like Jesus asked the disciples, why are you so afraid? He said storms would happen. I'm not negating the storm. I'm not neglecting the storm. I'm saying, why are you so afraid? And do you still have no faith? And he goes on, listen, a circumstance and then an emotion. And then now we question, is God really who he says that he is? Is God's word still true? Is God's nature still good? Is God's protection, is it still present? Did anybody ask these questions the last couple years? Like, God, are you really there? Do you really still love us? Are you against me now? Have you abandoned me? Do you care about the situation? Hear me. Just because you are in the presence of a storm does not mean that you are not in the presence of God. But if you are in a storm due to sin and disobedience, you placed yourself in that storm. And the quickest way to get out of that storm is this. It's called repentance, which is the turning from your wicked ways and fixing your eyes on Jesus. I want to encourage you to do that today. But maybe you're in the room and man, you're, you're pursuing the things of God. You're trying to live righteous, trying to do the right thing. And it just seems like you can't catch a break and you're in the middle of a storm. My prayer for you today is that you would keep your eyes fixed on Jesus he may be asleep on a pillow, but just like he sleeps on that pillow, he could put the storm in your life to sleep like this. I don't know all the situations going on in the room, but I do know that there are real things that you're walking through. It says in verse 41, they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. We can't just read over stuff and just like, just miss it. Let's go back. Who is this? The boat was full of water. The wind was blowing. The lightning was striking. The thunder was rolling. This sounds like a country song. You know, they, all this stuff was happening. And, they, and then it stops. And then what, what did I say? Who is this? That even the wind and the waves would obey him. Jesus is fully man and fully God. That Jesus in his humanity went to sleep, but in his divinity, he could put the storm to sleep. Jesus in one moment, he's thirsty, but in the next moment, he walks on the same water that he drank from. Jesus, fully God, fully man. In one moment, he's hungry. In the next moment, he takes a kid's Lunchable, some tuna and crackers, and he, he throws a whole party, feeds all these people. In one moment... He dies on a cross. In the next moment, he raises people from the dead. He's fully man and fully God. Who is this? He's Jesus. The whole purpose of this passage is not to give glory to a storm. It's to recognize that in the middle of the storm, Jesus is in the boat. 
And my, my task this morning is very simple. If you're a believer in the room and you have put faith in Jesus, which is the best decision you can ever make, it's for you to understand storms will come and you better be confident that Jesus is in the boat. If you're in this room, maybe you haven't put faith in Jesus. I just want to tell you, I lived my life running, running, running from the things of God. And man, it was fun for a while. But let me tell you, that stuff died out real quick. I knew there was more to life. I knew there had to be more. I faced one of my biggest storms in my life. I didn't even share this in first service. One of the biggest storms I faced was I walked into a store. I actually prayed with a young man earlier this morning who had a history with, with, with theft. And I walked into a store and I, I would steal things, I would take things. And if I couldn't steal physical things, I would steal people's joy. And God healed me of that. It was one of the biggest storms. I got caught stealing on family vacation. Y'all wanna talk about an awkward moment? It was awkward. I got caught. Now I remember I was in this sunglass hut. I took this silly pair of sunglasses and I could hear the cop sirens from the mall. Mall cop was about to arrest me. And I'm here talking to this lady, and she looks me in the eyes, and she says, I know that you're not a thief. Why did you do this? And I'm thinking, yes, I am a thief. I steal all the time. Like, I didn't know who God was yet. I'm like, yes, I am. She's like, you're not a thief. And after I let you go today, you will never steal again. How many of y'all want to know she let me off the hook? And I ran. I still ran from God. I stole some more, being a dummy. Why do I share that today? Because disobedience will always lead to the same place. I was empty. I was tired. I was worn out. I was doing something to get a momentary high. And the storm in my life was caused by my own decisions. But the day that I professed faith in Jesus was the day I realized that Jesus wants to be with me in the storm. Now, I didn't stop all bad things. It was a constant fixing my eyes on Jesus, turning from my sin, turning from my son, fixing my eyes on Jesus. Maybe you're in this place today and you keep going back to the same old thing. Can I encourage you to give it a shot doing something else? Give it a shot. Give God a shot with your life. Across the room, if you would just go ahead and stand to your feet. We're about to sing a song. I do want to pray something really specific over you. In the middle of a storm, when being obedient to God, it's either going to shake you or it's going to shape you into who God wants you to be. If you run from the storms that are supposed to shape you, you won't be developed in who God wants you to be. And so my prayer for you as a believer is that you would, you would make the most of the storm. That you would weather the storm. And you need to remember that in your next storm, as a Christian, we are not alone. That, that God is bigger than the storm and that all, y'all hear me, all storms have an expiration date. All storms come to an end, whether it's on this side of eternity or after that. And so you can fix your eyes on Jesus with confidence today. If you would close your eyes, I just want to pray for you in this moment. Maybe you're in this room and you're like, you know what, I, I'm in a storm and it is due to really bad decisions. The Bible is really clear that when you turn and you repent, which is what repentance is, you turn from your sin and you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he's the savior of your life. You, you receive a gift, it's eternity in heaven. 
And then you receive life to the full right here on earth. When, when you live according to his word and you're led by his spirit, best decision you could ever make. If that's you this morning, I want you to make that decision confidently right there to get out of the storm that you're in. Maybe it's from rebellious living, a sinful lifestyle. I've been there so many times and God healed me. He set me free. Maybe you're here and you're a believer. You're strong in your faith, but you're in the middle of a storm and, and you don't understand why you're in the middle of it. Like, well, God, why would you allow for this to happen? My prayer today is that you would keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, that you wouldn't be led by your emotions or your feelings, that you would put faith in the driver's seat and you would trust in the Lord with all your heart, that you would lean on him, that you would trust in him and not yourself. And that you wouldn't get to a place where you're questioning, is God even who he says he is? He doesn't change. His word doesn't change. And so, God, we come to you right now, and we ask that you would lead us. In the middle of a storm, it's really easy to talk right now about it. But in the middle of a storm, it's not easy to talk about. And so, God, I pray that we can cling to you today. I pray that in the middle of a storm that believers today would realize that you're in their boats that you're for them and you're not against them and that you want to help them stand and help them weather the storm. For the people who made decisions today to put faith in Jesus, it's the best decision that you'll ever make. And I pray, I pray that you would have confidence as you walk into this place to join community and weather the storm together. We pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said.